Hello and welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, the third hour of the program. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on, 877-973-7425. I actually want to squeeze in a phone call before I move into other stuff because this one's so relevant to what I was talking about. If you're just tuning in, I was talking about environmental social governance criteria that BlackRock and Vanguard are using to drive corporate America left. Essentially, they're urging these companies through the power of their control of assets for retirees. They're they're driving a left-wing agenda, pushing companies to go to the left. And it's time we start fighting back. One of the easiest things to do is to get states that have their pension and retirement funds with these companies say, you're not allowed to use ESG criteria. You can only do financial criteria. What's in the best financial interest for the retirees? Uh, you can't say what's in the best environmental interest for them. It's got to be the financial interest. And I'm sure they'll find ways to excuse around it and say, well, you know, long term with climate change, this actually is good. No, 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 no. You can word it. You can word it. You can fight back. And we've got to. I want to move on from that because we got to get into what OPEC just did to Joe Biden. But first, I want to take Bruce's phone call to finish out this topic. Bruce, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric, how are you? And thank you for your show. Thank you. Um, What's going on? You know, you well, I'm a 71 year old frustrated Republican. And um, as you bring up this issue of ESG, um, it, it, it strikes a bigger nerve uh, with respect to the, the absence, so to speak, of the Republican Party or the laziness. This is a critically important issue, but there are so many others. Why is the Republican Party not making us aware and, and fighting back against some of these things? It appears as though the Democrats are so far ahead in finding ways to take us further to the left. But the Republicans mount no defense, nor do they utilize the resources of their voters. And <laughs> you bring up the issue, which is critically important. But why, are not, why am I not hearing this from the Republican Party? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what, uh, Bruce, you, you, you've just done something. You, you have... Um, Force me to scrap that which I was about to talk about and focus on something I had in the back of my head that I should talk about, and then I just kept forgetting I needed to talk about it. So uh, buckle up. Uh, everyone can blame Bruce. <laughs> I, I want to I talk about this one. Bruce, just, just, I'll let you go there. Just sit back and listen because we're going to talk about this. Bruce's question, why, why, don't, why does it take so long? For a very long time... The Republican Party was referred to in the United States by the political press as the Episcopalian Church at Prayer. It's actually an old nickname, uh, and the um, the the or the Episcopal Church rather was referred to as the Republican Party at Prayer. Very few Republicans are Episcopalians anymore. There are still some. The governor of my state's an Episcopalian. Uh, love him dearly, and and he needles me about the jokes I make at his denomination, uh, which is increasingly post-Christian. The, the, the demography, actually, I'm not making this up, actually. Uh, when you pay attention to church trends from Barna surveys and the like, the last person born in America who will be raised an Episcopalian is already alive today. 
that church is in such rapid decline in large part because it has nothing to offer the world against the world because it is part of the world now. Uh, its solutions are social justice and all the things of the world. But it took a long time for a lot of people to realize that. Uh, it took a long time for Republicans to realize, and many of them still don't, that the Fortune 500 is no longer on their side. Sometimes it takes a while, particularly if you are of not conservative in the political sense, but conservative in, in your worldview. We are all conservative in the things we know best. Every single person out there, whichever of you is listening and you consider yourself to be grade A certified woke progressive, you too are conservative in the things you know best. Every single one of us is slow to change the things we know best. Republican leaders for the longest time knew best that corporate America was on their side. And they never, never saw what was happening. This goes to the analogy of the frog in the pot of water. Now, you know, it's not true. If you turn up the heat in a pot of water with a frog in it, the frog will jump out. But it's a great useful analogy. The, you throw a frog in a boiling water, it jumps straight out. You keep a frog in water as it slowly heats up. The frog stays in until it boils to death. The Republican Party, it's very much like that with corporate America. It is in the, the Democrats realized they were losing control of government. Republicans had held control of corporate America for a very long time, which moderated government. And Republicans over time were able to take control of government. While they did, the left went in behind them as Republicans vacated corporate America for government in the 1990s with the rise of the Republican Revolution. Liberals went in behind them into the corporations and started taking over. They went into Wall Street and they started taking over Wall Street. Additionally, there is a level of theology here. You got to understand, theologically, we're not talking Jesus stuff here. We're just talking the basic rules of everyone is religious and everyone has a God. Whether you believe it or not, you worship something. And when you start worshiping money, the worship of money, very much like the dragon in, in uh, Lord of the Rings, you, you got to sleep on money. You got you to gotta love money. Money becomes your idol. Money becomes your object. And that shifts you to the left because the cultural vanguards of society are on the left. And so these companies that live, breathe, sleep, love money move to the left because that's where the money is. And it took a long time, and to some degree, Republicans still have not figured this out. Now, what's actually going on here is really important. We're seeing a political realignment in this country, and it's discombobulating to everyone. I mean, it's, this is discombobulating to me, and it's my business. I, I have friends of mine who are friends of mine. They are legit friends of mine, and we don't see the world eye to eye anymore. Some of them have moved left on issues. Some of them have moved like really uncomfortably hard right. Uh, some of them don't really know what they think anymore. There's a, a level of populism that we're going to do what we think is popular to get people to our side, regardless of the principle of the matter. They'll turn on a dime. They want the power. It's a lot of coveting power. We're seeing the power dynamics of this country go up and down and, and entangle and disentangle, and it's all a quest for power on both sides. The right wants power to stop the left. The left wants power to stop the right. The right wants power to do certain things and reward its friends and punish its enemies. The left wants power to reward its friends 
friends and punish its enemies. And there's this great upheaval in the American political landscape. And a lot of it, I have concluded, comes down to something very particular that you may not have articulated. I think a lot of what we are seeing in this country today that is discombobulating and uh, turning the world upside down politically is that we do on the left, the right, the center, and the Republican and the Democratic parties, we have an elite who believe the days of America are over and the days of China are here and their intent on managing the decline and profiting from it while none of us are prepared to accept it. They have given up on America as leader of the world, and they have decided China is next, and we need to manage our decline and accommodate the Chicoms so that they can get a good deal in the next life with China in charge. That's what's happening in this country. And on the Republican side and the Democratic side, you can be on the left and woke, and you can be on the right and conservative. And the question is, what do you see as the American future? And every damn one of these politicians is lying to you and saying, our best days are ahead when really they don't believe it. And you and I fundamentally believe America must stay on top. You and I fundamentally believe the American flag must fly high. You and I fundamentally believe the United States is the last best hope for mankind, the shining city on the hill, and the elite in this country privately believes that's no longer the case. And they want to profit off the decline and manage it to a gliding path landing. So, so much of the dynamics of this country are between people. And you see it with Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan. On the left and the right, there was a real reaction. Oh, we can't anger China. No, no, we can't anger China versus the Speaker of the House of the United States of America has gone to Taiwan. By God, we have her back. We will not let the Chinese bully us. You can see it in the conversations about that. You can. You are now exposed to the people who have given up on America, on the American ideal. The people who think, well, I don't really like the country now because the left is so icky and gross and dominant and they hate us. Or the people on the left say, I don't really like the country right now because the right is so icky and gross and they've gotten rid of our abortion rights with the Supreme Court. They've given up on America. They don't like each other. They like China more. And the rest of us are like, wait the hell a minute. We're the greatest country that ever was. We were put here, manifest destiny, to spread freedom around the world. We were put here to be the shining city on the hill, that all the peoples of the world, when they stand up against their oppressors, they would hoist our flag, and they would say, America, they would sing our anthem in the streets as they're being gunned down. That's what we are. We are an idea more than just blood and soil. And that's the great divide in the country right now. And that gets to what's happening with the environmental social governance criteria. You get a bunch of people who they're not really interested in your financial future because the CHICOMs are going to take over. They're interested in all of these things that don't really matter, and they want to push corporations in that direction. And the Republicans don't have a clue because at the leadership level, a lot of them privately agree our day is number one is over. Let's profit and manage the decline. And the rebellion we're going to see in this country on the left and the right, what we're starting to see at the ballot box, what we're starting to see in the small town political meetings and the coffee shops of America are the Americans who refuse to not be number one. We see the Americans who refuse to be quitters. We see the Americans who refuse to surrender. And they're rising up. 
They're taking back their school boards where the school boards have decided we need to start telling the white kids they're oppressors and the black kids they're always oppressed. They were seeing them rise up in the town squares and in the town meetings where the, the community decides that, well, we, we got we to gotta put all these other priorities before crime and the well-being of our community. We're seeing them rise up at the ballot box with the candidates they're choosing for office. I'm concerned about the lack of discernment on the right. I think we continue in some cases to prop up candidates who really believe our best days are over and we have something to be ashamed with and we should not assert ourselves on the world stage. China's coming. They don't want to say that. They don't want to say China's dominant. But they believe America's best days are over and they want to cash in the new aristocracy. And you intuitively understand there are people out there like that. They want to cash in and be the new aristocracy. The days of our meritocracy are over. They never believed it to begin with. And that's where the fight is. I'm afraid those of us on the side that believes our best days can still be ahead of us, we should stand up to China and we should lead the free world. I'm afraid we're not the loud voices in culture right now. We're not the loud voices on the world stage. We're not the loud voices in American government. We may not even be the majority. but we're not going to sell out the country. And we see a lot of Republicans who are starting to realize, you know what? We need to stand up for America. We're seeing some in the conservative movement sell out the conservative movement and our values and look to other countries, look to authoritarians and look to dictators to preserve a cultural way of life. They want to preserve a cultural way of life that is accommodating to authoritarians because they think China's dominant. They don't want the free marketplace of ideas. They don't want to live and let live. And there are people on the left the same way because they've given up on America. Do not give up on America. Do not bet against America. A lot of people have been. And that's why we're seeing this profound realignment in American politics right now. You're seeing it in intra-party squabbles, and you're seeing it in the squabbles between the parties. Because we have a group of people in this country who can't bring themselves to admit what they publicly believe, that America's best days are over, versus the rest of us who will fight to the death for the United States of America. They never will, because all they wanted was to profit off of it. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowl and Branch where they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowl and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowl and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be a part of the program or switching gears dramatically. Batgirl is not going to come out anywhere, which is 
fine with me. I got details. You can laugh with me. But first, this hour is presented by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they want to help your business grow. If you reach out to them at firstlibertyga.com, spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for your business. We're talking big deals, though. $750,000 or more. You're buying a building, building a building, uh, growing franchises. Reach out to First Liberty. See if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. So apparently, uh, DC and Warner Brothers, they were preparing a Batgirl movie, and it was going to rope in Michael Keaton, the original Batman from the original Batman movie, still a classic of the su- I mean, really rebuilt the superhero genre. Um, Michael Keaton's Batman did with Kim Basinger, and I remember going to the theater to see that movie with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Uh, the iconic Joker portrayal until Heath Ledger's portrayal. So they were going to do this movie. And apparently it's so bad, they're not even going to release it in streaming. Uh, $70 million on paper. It was more like $100 million, according to multiple sources. It was shown to audiences to be released in theaters late this year, and it was considered a disaster. The audiences who were paid to be there to watch it apparently got up and left. It was so bad. So poorly received, according to the New York Post, the studio decided to cut its losses uh, and run because they thought it could ruin the whole brand. They think an unspeakable Batgirl is going to be irredeemable, according to Warner Brothers. Uh, They were going to relaunch the entire Batman franchise and bring in The Flash and others, and they were going to be guided by Michael Keaton. They were bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman, as the older aged Batman, guiding the young crew of Batgirl and Robin and Nightwing and all that, and apparently so terrible uh, that they're cashing it in. My goodness gracious. You know, there's a rumor afoot now that uh, the new DC Warner Brothers uh, is bought by Discovery and that they may get rid of HBO Max and get rid of their scripted shows. I don't know why. they HBO is kind of the gold standard. Uh, You don't have to watch it to understand that HBO has some of the best scripted series out there from the Sopranos to Game of Thrones to Westworld to now people are really excited about this. um, I forget what it's called, the the House of Dragon, I think, uh, which is a prequel to Game of Thrones. Um, They've had so many incredible series over time. And. I don't know that the new people know what to do with them, but there are so many streaming streaming services. And now Peacock, which is NBC service, if you want to watch The Office now, you got to subscribe to it. They've got no subscribers. Nobody signed up in the last three months. And then Disney, as much as it's going woke and more and more conservatives are saying we got to cancel our subscriptions, they just keep trotting stuff out. The latest is the trailer for Andor. Um, if you saw Rogue One, probably one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. It's about the the plans to get there, the the plan to get the plans of the Death Star, the plot to do it. Uh, Cassian Andor, one of the the rebel spies. It's it's a biography of him. This miniseries they're coming out with it looks really good. Streaming services, some of them are doing really good. The problem is, you got Netflix and it's doing pretty terribly. I love somebody feed Phil, and I love their stand up comics, uh, Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. But there's a lot of garbage on Netflix that's not worth paying for. And I'm increasingly thinking of canceling my subscription because there's just not much there. Um, a, lot, a lot of stuff I can see elsewhere. And all the good stuff, Daredevil and the like, has moved over to Disney+. Plus. 
I don't really want to cancel Disney Plus, but that company's going so woke, I may have to. But Batgirl, none of us will ever see this movie. The people who saw it got up and walked out of the theater. It was so bad. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. There's some breaking news that I have to deal with uh, that I find absolutely hysterical. You know, occasionally, occasionally, you get to watch bad things happen to bad people and you just get to smile. You just get to smile. Occasionally, really bad people get their comeuppance in this lifetime. I say frequently that uh, I actually take comfort in the doctrine of hell, and I do, that uh, there is a terrible place where terrible people who are unrepentant will go. They may escape this world without ever having to face the judgment of the world, uh, but they cannot escape the judgment of God. There are a lot of people on Jeffrey Epstein's island who will never face justice in this world, but they will face justice for eternity. And that helps me sleep well at night, not having to worry about these things. Alex Jones is an awful human being. Alex Jones, the InfoWars host, I don't think he really believes the stuff he says. Maybe he does, but I don't think he does. I think he's a performer, and he performs off people's fears. He sells them products based on the fears that he helps amplify, and he disparaged a lot of parents whose children were gunned down by a monster. And he claimed those parents were liars. He claimed the children weren't real. He claimed that they were actors, you name it. He claimed all sorts of horrible stuff about kids that were murdered. And he got a, a default judgment because he failed to respond. Well, there's breaking news. <laughs> Alex Jones' lawyers mistakenly sent to the Sandy Hook parents' lawyers the contents of Alex Jones's phone. Um... I'm sorry. This just doesn't happen, and it happened. So they're in the damages trial against Alex Jones right now, and I'm just going to read you. Uh, so this is from Ben Collins. Ben Collins is the reporter for NBC News who is um, doing this, and this is just, I mean, it's its delightfully hilarious. Couldn't happen to a worse person. Uh, Sandy Hook's parents' lawyer is revealing that Alex Jones's lawyer sent him the contents of Alex Jones's phone by mistake. This just happened. Uh, Twelve days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me a digital copy of every text Alex Jones has sent for years. Do you know what perjury is? The lawyer asks of Jones. 
Sandy Hook's parents' lawyer is now asking Alex Jones about the times he has emailed about Sandy Hook over the past several years. Despite testifying under oath, he couldn't find any emails about Sandy Hook. There are apparently a lot of them. One is on the screen. Even Jones is stunned by the fact Sandy Hook's parents seem to have his emails. Alex Jones just called it the lawyer's Perry Mason moment. The judge is now instructing the jury on the entire contents of Alex Jones's phone, which was accidentally handed over from Jones' lawyers to the Sandy Hook parents' lawyers. What we do know is there this was not properly turned over when it should have been, the judge tells the jury. The texts and the emails are revealing financial details behind InfoWars. Some days, InfoWars was making $800,000 a day. After your deplatforming, your numbers keep getting better, Sandy Hook's lawyer says. If they keep that up, that's over $300 million a year. Alex Jones says $800,000 a day was a really good week during CPAC. They were doing great business. Just want to add, Alex Jones's cough has come back in full force with his texts. Uh, he didn't know the Sandy Hook parents' lawyers had access to his text messages. Uh, they're appearing on screen. He was asked to read one. Sandy Hook's parents' lawyers on a hot mic were overheard saying, you know what nobody's thought of yet? What happens when this phone goes to law enforcement? Um... The lawyer handed over the text. Um, wow. Uh, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. Couldn't happen to a worse person. What he did to those parents and even to his listeners. Shameful. Justice. Justice comes. All right. I'm going to jump to a phone call. Uh, I am uh, going to go to Justin. You're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Eric? How are you? Good to talk to you. I happen <laughs> to know this call. <laughs> hey, be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, thanks. Your last two segments were great. Um, appreciate you jumping on the movie stuff. So first off, I have two things I want to say. One, you could not be more correct about the 1989 Batman. It is still one of the best movies to this day. I watch it regularly. Yes. Um, two, just in light of our your audience, um, I took my four-year-old to see his first movie yesterday. I was really excited. You know, dad, son, time. And I took him to see the DC Super Pets. I was really looking forward to this. Um, you know, Superman's dog and all that. And there were two scenes that just I wasn't prepared for. One, a little amiss, but uh, there were two scenes, obviously, with uh, parents with alternative lifestyles I just wasn't prepared for. I've heard of, you know, the Buzz Lightyear thing. Everyone knew about that, but I did not know about this. And so we have these two scenes where you see two men and you see two women, and he's, he's kind of like, Daddy, what's that about? So I'm like, oh, there's a four-year-old that's yeah. seeing this. So I just wasn't prepared for that, and I thought I should let other parents know in case they're thinking about that movie. Yeah, listen, uh, and this is happening more and more, and it, it, Disney is the worst. Disney is the absolute worst at this sort of stuff. Um, they are, you know, there's this scene, um, if you watch, it's the um, um, Big Hero 8, the 
the, yep. the inflatable robot. There's a scene in the TV show about this robot uh, that it goes to a grocery <laughs> store because it needs to buy tampons for someone, and a guy <laughs> um, wearing the, like, the trans-colored flag uh, shows his preferred box of tampons. Yes, a guy showing his clearly meant to be a transgender character. Disney has been very intentional about weaving this stuff in, particularly a streaming stuff, the Buzz Lightyear stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, woven in there. In fact, uh, allegedly Pixar was cutting that out of the movie because they knew there could be a cultural backlash to the movie, but the woke employees threatened all quit if they did it. So they left it in. And by the way, I should note that the movie did poorly at the box office, not because of this scene, but because the movie itself was really bad and a lot of people didn't like it, but that was one aspect of it. Uh, This cultural stuff. Now, look, uh, you're, you're in ministry, you you know, um, the way this all winds up, but it just feels like there's like escalated uh, pace towards the end times here right now. Like the whole world has gone crazy. Well, it's interesting. You and you and I've had a conversation a lot lately about bias or double standards. Um, Imagine if it was the other way. Imagine if people were watching big companies and people were putting conservative values down their children's throats. There would be an uproar. Um, why children at four or five years old need to learn about sexuality? I have no idea. Let them be kids. And I think that's even a bigger issue, let alone I don't want them pushing anything. But there's a double standard here that I just think no one really wants to talk about other than you brought it up. You brought it up this week, actually, I believe. Yeah, it's it's a huge double standard. I, I mean, look, I don't want my kids at an early age. I want my kids through me to understand and appreciate our values and our faith. I don't need Hollywood to try to do it. Uh, and yet the left seems to think that Hollywood should should do it for the kids. Listen, man, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. See you, buddy. Take care. Um, my buddy Justin, it, 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 we, we have had this conversation, the amount of indoctrination that Hollywood engages in. I, I don't want my kids indoctrinated. I want them to go to school, and I want them to learn to read, to write, and do math. Let me handle the values portion of it. Now, we send our kids to a school that reflects our values and reinforces our values, uh, and a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to um, private schools or public schools rather, where the indoctrination of values are deeply hostile to the values of their parents. Uh, We had on uh, yesterday the dad whose daughter in a Cobb County school, that's uh, Atlanta suburbs, was uh, encouraged to write a suicide note as a homework assignment, and the school defended the teacher for getting the kid to write the suicide note. It's truly a bizarre world in which we live. And so much of the world is hostile to your values. If you're not a worldly progressive, the worldly progressives are are enforcing their values. And they claim, well, you used to do that. No, 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 we didn't really used to do that. We were certainly guided by our values and the public policies we advanced, as are you. And now your position is, oh, well, you can't be a Christian in public life. You got to abandon your values to be in public life. No, we are all informed by our values and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that we should not be using outlets of society that are not parents to share values with kids that are hostile to the parents' values. And yet that's what the left is doing through movies and the like. Now, I, I got I to gotta shift gears here because there's a story I got to talk about. I want you to ask yourself, can you imagine OPEC doing this to Donald Trump? You can't. 
OPEC has decided to raise its output a tiny amount as a setback to Joe Biden. What is so interesting is from the first time I pulled up this story to now, the original headline was they rebuffed Joe Biden. They rebuffed Joe Biden. Now they're calling it just a setback. This is from Reuters. OPEC Plus is set to raise its oil output goal by 100,000 barrels per day, an amount analysts say was a setback to U.S. President Joe Biden after his trip to Saudi Arabia to ask the producer group's leader to pump more to help the United States and the global economy. The increase, equivalent to 0.1% of global demand, follows weeks of speculation that Biden's trip to the Middle East and Washington's clearance of missile defense system sales to Riyadh and the United Arab Emirates will bring more oil to the world market. This is so little as to be meaningless from a physical standpoint. It's a marginal blip. As a political gesture, it is almost insulting, said Rod Al-Qadiri, Managing Director of Energy, Climate, and Sustainability at Eurasia Group. The increase of 100,000 barrels per day will be one of the smallest since OPEC quotas were introduced in 1982. This is a smaller increase, but an increase nonetheless, Amos Hushstein, senior U.S. State Department advisor for energy security, told CNN. They have rebuffed Joe Biden. Can you imagine them doing that to Donald Trump? Well, you can't imagine them doing it to Donald Trump in large part because Donald Trump made the United States energy independent. Texas, I mentioned in 2019, Texas was the world's largest oil producer after Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. Texas was. We were energy independent. We are energy independent no more. We are dependent on on OPEC, and OPEC has decided to rebuff us. Because OPEC um, it doesn't take Joe Biden seriously. They would never do that to Donald Trump. For all of his flaws, they would never do that to Donald Trump. It's a remarkable sign of the times. I thought we were supposed to lead again by electing Joe Biden. Obviously not. By the way, a listener sends me this story. West Virginia won't do business with Wall Street banks that boycott fossil fuels. West Virginia's treasurer, Riley Moore, on Thursday determined BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, as well as Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Goldman Sachs are ineligible for state banking contracts due to their boycotts of fossil fuels. The ban will cost the Wall Street firms $18 billion per year. At the end of the day, all we want is for banks to act like banks, Moore told Washington Free Beacon adding it would be hard for the state to continue functioning without the coal industry. Democrats are moving to eliminate fossil fuels as part of their governing platform. Joe Biden's taken several actions to curb fossil fuel production. And now these Democrats out there are, well, pushing for these financial managers to stop investing in oil and fossil fuel companies. And so West Virginia's treasurer It says, if you're boycotting fossil fuel industries, you're hurting the portfolios of West Virginians. We won't do business with you. More of this, please. Stand up to these woke financial fiduciaries who are managing retirement funds. Stand up to them and tell them, get rid of ESG 
or hand over our dollars and we'll give them to someone else who will just take care of the finances and stop pushing woke values. Good for them. Also, embarrassing for us that OPEC thinks so little of our president, they won't meaningfully increase their oil production. Patriot Mobile, one of the great companies out there trying to advance the right, uh, standing up against the wokes. It's a great company. They give you guaranteed cell service, and you get the same cell towers everybody else uses. What you do is go to patriotmobile.com, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation with my name. You can see their coverage map. They give great coverage. You can see down to your house how good the coverage is, so you don't have to take my word for it. See it yourself at patriotmobile.com slash Eric. If you Transfer your phone number to them. They can take your existing phone number or give you a new one. And you get guaranteed service and they spend a portion of their profits on the conservative cause because they are Christian conservatives. If you want to call them and do business over the phone, they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. I, I, oh. You know, we we have these deep thoughts bits that that we play, um, and we're gonna have to start doing them for Karine Jean Pierre, the White House press secretary, because this woman's an idiot. This woman is an idiot. I, you got to listen to this. Just happened at the White House. Uh, come on, play your audio here. Oh, come on. Twitter screwed me up. Here we go. From day one, when uh, when the Supreme Court made this extreme decision uh, to take away a, a constitutional right, uh, it was an unconstitutional unconstitutional action by them, a right that was around for almost 50 years, a right that women had to make a decision on their bodies and how they want to start their families. Um... It was unconstitutional of the Supreme Court. It was unconstitutional for the Supreme Court to overrule a former Supreme Court case. This woman is an idiot. This woman is an idiot. To say the Supreme Court cannot that it's unconstitutional for the Supreme Court to take away or reverse itself. What she is essentially saying is that uh, the Supreme Court should never have reversed Plessy versus Ferguson. If the Supreme Court can't reverse its own decisions, uh, separate but equal is the law of the land. How How is this woman the presser? I mean, say what you will about Jen Psaki, and I've said a lot. She wasn't an idiot. This woman is an idiot. Almost as much of an idiot as the, the, the people who complained about me joking about Tennessee football on the radio earlier. My gosh, some people, um, they just can't take it. This woman, this this White House press secretary, how, uh, this is why they had to bring in what's-his-name from the Pentagon. If this is her deep thoughts, she has no deep thoughts at all. And this is one of the main reasons the press corps is even turning on Biden because they know this woman's dumb.